All right, well, we're glad to have all of you here visiting today. And so, go ahead and take your Bibles and go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to be going through the whole chapter uh, this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A lot of the preaching that I've been doing lately on Sunday nights and a lot of the preaching I'm planning on doing uh, in the foreseeable future, with the exception of next week, because we're focusing on the coming of Christ, is I'm really wanting to make sure everyone in here, and I really hope you all pay attention to preaching, all right? I hope you all don't think that you're just here to fill a seat and to hear some singing and to eat some food and things like that. But if you're a part of a church, you are a part of this body and you are supposed to be something that helps make this place work and function as a church. You are more than just a body filling a seat. And I think it's important people understand that. And I think a lot of times one of the reasons people do not understand their importance that they have in a church is because uh, maybe they're just not fully aware of the function of a church, the role of a church, why things are done the way they are. And there is, there's a lot of things people are confused about. And a lot of times too, when people start getting just kind of sideways with things in the church, out of sorts, having problems with every little thing. Uh, that's going on um, it's because they're not understanding certain concepts about a church that you just have to get a hold of and so i'm really hoping uh, these messages will help with this so look at what it says in verse 1 of first corinthians chapter 12 it says now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i would not have you ignorant ye know that ye were gentiles carried away under these dumb idols even as ye were led Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, a very important thing that you've got to have in church is unity. That is a very important thing. Now, we live in the day of social media. We live in the Facebook generation and all that kind of stuff where everybody has a platform and so we are all about our opinions today. Like never before, we are all about our opinions and we all have our things that we disagree with and things that we don't like. And because we are a part of this narcissistic, just self-obsessed social media generation, we're really good at getting really bent out of shape and very uncooperative when anything is not exactly to our liking and according to our way. And folks, that is wrong on so many levels, but it's especially wrong in a church. And let me tell you something, being united, being of one mind, and there are many scriptures we could go to about that, it does not mean that, you know, you're just supposed to be this, you know, the zombie walking around with no will of your own. It's just, you know, we understand, okay? People, they used to understand when they came into the church that, hey, this church, this congregation, it's not about me, it's not about my will, it's about God, and it's not even about my perception of what I think God wants. I'm a part of this congregation and I'm going to be willing to submit. I'm going to be willing to put up with some stuff. I'm going to be willing to uh, participate and make things succeed, even when it's not 100% to my liking and according to my will. But today, people, if they don't like the brand of toilet paper that you use, you know, they'll stop giving to the church until they get what they think is best. And, and listen, they've done the research. Their brand of toilet paper is better. It's more economical. And, but folks, you know, there's just some things we can disagree on. And there's some things we don't need to share our opinion on. And so we want to have a united body. And one thing, too, 
that's great about our Bible, one thing that's great about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit never disagrees with the Word of God. We see here, too, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called it Jesus accursed. There's a lot of people, they'll give their opinions about things, they'll say, but you know, if, if it doesn't agree with the Bible, then it's not of the Holy Spirit. And you know, as Christians, too, and just anybody, not even just Christians, we don't ever want to just follow one witness. You know, we see a pattern in the Bible of two or three witnesses. And hopefully the preaching that you hear in this church will not only line up with the word of God, but with the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. And remember, two or three witnesses. You got a lot of people well, that doesn't agree with the spirit that's inside of me. OK, well, what is your spirit inside you saying? Is it does it line up with the Bible? And so always remember two wit. you know, we need at least two or three witnesses. And hopefully there's going to be some there's going to be some unity there. And so eternal, uh, so uh, in verse 3, uh, or in verse 1, he mentions spiritual gifts. Paul's been talking about spiritual gifts, and what he's been talking about here in these first three verses is in the context of spiritual gifts. Because here's the thing, too, we need to remember, eternal life is not the only gift that we received when we got saved. Everybody, when you got saved, you all were given eternal life. And thank God for that gift. That's definitely the greatest gift. But did you know that there's other gifts that came with salvation, that came with the Holy Spirit? And in Ephesians 4, verse 7, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is same also that descended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And notice how he said he gave gifts unto men. When a person gets saved, when anybody gets saved, they receive eternal life. That is a gift that they can never lose. And that is, uh, and that is a gift. It's a free gift. But did you know when you got saved that the Holy Spirit, he gave other gifts too. And those gifts that he gave, they were to be used in the church, they were to be used in the assembly of believers in the old in, in the Old Testament. God had a system there. God had a system of priests. God had a system that had a temple and that had offerings and sacrifices and all these different things. And when Jesus Christ came, he finished those things and he set up a new system. He set up something better and he set up something, too, that isn't just for the Levitical priesthood. Under the Old Covenant, only Levites were allowed to be priests. They were, they were the only ones allowed to minister in the things of the temple. But under the New Covenant, you know what the Bible says? All of us, we're all kings and priests. In fact, the only priest that an individual needs to worry about is Jesus Christ, the high priest. He's the mediator between God and man. And if you're saved today, I don't know if you all realize it, you're a priest. So just remember that whenever you're tempted to call some guy father because he's got his collar on backwards, um, you know, listen, if he was saved, then you guys would be brothers and you don't call brothers father. Okay. Now those guys, we know they're not brothers, but that's another subject for another day, but we're all priests. We've all been made that under this new covenant. And when God made you a priest, he had a service for you to do. God has something he wants you to do and he wants you to do it. In that system that he set up, this New Testament church. And look what it says in verse 11. After he talks about these gifts that he gave in Ephesians 4. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So notice those gifts that God gave. With those gifts, God gave different offices. God gave different positions in the church. And these things were for the perfecting of saints. Did you know if you're saved today, it's God's will for you to be helping other people become better Christians? Which means you need becoming a better Christian too. Did you know that if you're saved, it is God's will for you to be getting other people saved? For you to be bearing fruit? If you're saved... It is God's will for you to be edifying one another. It's God's will for you to be united with the body that he has placed you in. These things are all God's will. We're always looking for these mysterious things of God's will. Why don't we focus on the things we know are God's will? And you know what? We know God's will is. We know it's God's will for you to bring forth fruit. We know it's God's will for you to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know it's God's will for you to be in church, for you to be edifying the body of Christ, trying to be a help to the work that's going on here. And, you know, and we all have problems. We're all, we're all, we're, we're perfecting ourselves. We're working on ourselves until we all come into that, that perfect man. And, you know, we're not going to fully get there until Jesus Christ comes back. But hopefully we're all working on it. Hopefully we're a work in progress and actually making some progress. So look what it says back in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4. It says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So understand, whatever gift God has given you that he wants you to use for the edifying of the church, understand that it was the Holy Spirit that gave you that. And the Holy Spirit that gave me a gift is the same Holy Spirit that gave Brother Daniel a gift and Brother Brian a gift and everybody that's in here. That Spirit gave you a gift knowing that you were going to be a part of this church and he gifted you in areas where he knew you could be a unique blessing to that church. There's something that you can do that other people cannot do. And if and understand, when you're not doing your part, we're going to suffer as a church. When you've got a body part, a physical body part, that's not working like it's supposed to do, it causes a lot of problems. You know, Brother Eric could tell you about that. You get, you get one bone out of place or something, and it causes problems all over the place. I'm always going to him and talking about, I've got a problem over here. And he's like, well, it's because of this over here. And it's like, I don't hurt over there, you know, but then he works on me over there and then it fixes. And it's like, okay, you know, as long as it works, I'll let him, you know, sort out the details and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, he understands, you know, how the body's connected and how the joints and muscles all work together. And so when you do, when you get one thing out of place, it affects a lot of stuff. And that can happen in a church where you can have somebody in the church. They might not think they're that important. They might not think what they do matters that much. But you know, when you get out of place, when you get out of line, when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, we feel it. You know, we feel it. It does affect things. And it's so important that the whole, that the whole body is working right. I was, I was planning on doing a race last week uh, that had running and biking involved in it. But you know what? I didn't do it. You know why? Because one part of my body wasn't working right. And you, and you might think, well, it's for running and, uh, you know, for biking. And you know what body part it was? It was an important part. It was the largest organ in the body, the skin. Because I had poison ivy. And it was driving me crazy. 
I mean, just, I mean, it's just one part of my body, but it just affected everything. You know why? Because it had, it had a problem and I wasn't able to do some of the things that I wanted to do because I just felt, I felt too bad because of that one thing. And we've got, and you've got to understand it's the same thing with you and everyone needs to submit to the Holy Ghost. You can't just say, well, you know what? I don't like the part that God made me there. We're going to see a verse about that in a little bit. I'd rather have some other part. No, you need to understand what you do is, is crucial. And we want to have all the parts that God wants us to have. Okay. Some of you in here today, you probably have some missing body parts, you know, and some you might miss some you don't miss. The only body part I know I'm missing is my appendix. I haven't really missed it, but let me tell you when it was having problems, it affected everything. You know, it, it, it messed me up pretty good uh, when that didn't work. And, you know, I would have rather kept it. You know, I definitely would have rather kept it, but at the same time, You've got, to, you've got to think of yourself in the same way. You are important. And so if it's the Holy Spirit that led you to this church, then the Holy Spirit has a place for you in this church. So look what it says in verse 5. <clears throat> and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. So while everybody has a different role, while everybody has a different part, did you know that we are all accountable to the same God? We are all servants to the same God. And even, and so, you know, the pastor of a church, typically they get a lot of the attention. They get a lot of the focus because of, of the leadership place that they have. But understand that if you are doing your part, whatever, whatever it is in the church, if, if, your, if your spiritual gift is soul winning, just, and, and you're doing that part in the church. Just did you know that you are just as much in God's will as I am? And did you know that you're just as capable of earning rewards as I, as I am? Listen, and did you know that you're not going to earn more rewards by getting out of God's will and taking on a role that's not God's will for you to have? And, you know, it'd be real easy for somebody to think, well, man, I, I want to be the pastor of the church because he's probably going to get a bunch of rewards. Well, you know what? Listen, you don't want to be the pastor here if it's not God's will for you to be the pastor here. You want to be exactly where God puts you. And I, I'm telling you right now, if you do exactly what God has called you to do, I believe you'll receive just as many rewards as I will, as long as I'm doing God's will like I'm supposed to. And if, and if you have a desire for greater, we're going to see too in a little bit, that's not wrong or more or different. I shouldn't say great, but I should say a different thing. And there are other gifts that I believe are better gifts. But at the same time, you've got to use what you've been given in the meantime. Because if you're not going to be faithful to little things, God's not going to give you bigger things. So uh, verse 5, or uh, we already read verse 5. So, if you're, so understand too, when God gave you these gifts, okay, it's the same Lord. So the same Lord that puts you over... One area in a church is the same Lord that put someone else in another place in the church. And did you know, if you're struggling to work together with somebody like that, it's probably because you're in the flesh. Because understand, these are spiritual gifts. Now, our flesh can get in the way all the time. You know, because I have flesh, I have areas in my life uh, that, you know, are not helpful to me as a pastor. You know, for example, you know, if I, you know, sometimes I can just get 
you know, I can get aggravated by things or have a lack of patience. And, you know, when you're a pastor, you really need to have that patience. But if it doesn't come natural to me, you know what I have to do? I've got to make sure I walk in the Spirit. And, you know, if you're somebody who has a temper, if that's just who you are, if that's how your flesh works, just understand you've got to make sure you're walking in the Spirit. And so remember that all these other people that are here in the church, God put them here too. And if there's something about their flesh that causes problems with your flesh, you know what you've got to do? You've got to get over it and you've got to walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we're all going to be challenged in that area. We all have to do that all the time. So look at verse 7. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So he's naming off all these other all these gifts that are here. But notice too, when he talks about all these gifts, it said that those things are given for profit. Now, here's the big question. Who's profit? Yours or the church's? And a lot of people, too, they often want to showcase their gifts. Well, why? So you, so you can profit? No, the whole point of, God, of the Holy Spirit giving you spiritual gifts is to profit this church. And there are things that people can do in this church that are profitable to this. For, for example, things that you might not think about. But did you know it's profitable to our church? It makes our church look good. It helps our church succeed if you are friendly. If you have a just a smiley face. If you're somebody who just has a pleasant personality. Did you know that that profits our church? Because people are more likely to come back to a church and are more likely to be a part of a church where there's pleasant people. And, and, and so, you know, God gave you that friendly personality Use it. If you're someone who's talented, you know, thank God for the people that uh, bless this church with their talent, with their music. You know, that's something that profits this church. That's something that makes this church look good. I was just talking to a missionary this week who's never been to this church, but he was telling me how somebody else that doesn't go to this church was showing him a video of our orchestra. And he was talking, he was talking about how good it was. And you know what? Made our church look good. You know, you say, well, well, who cares if if some missionary, I don't know, it just makes me feel good to know people are saying something positive uh, about about our church. But, you know, know, but either way, thank God that people are using their talent here. You know, can you, you know how I would feel as a pastor too, if we did, if we just didn't have any kind of music program. And I know a lot of pastors too, they don't even have a piano player in their church. But imagine how a pastor would feel if the, every day they got to sing a cappella music because there's no musicians, there's no piano player, and then one day, you know, they're out at some restaurant or some, they find, and they see one of their church members like playing a piano or something at a bar or something like that. I don't know why it has to be at the bar. But, you know, but imagine, though, just seeing someone use that talent somewhere else. You know, and, I, and I've, I've, see, I've seen that type of thing before where it's just like, all of a sudden, right after people leave the church, you find out about all this talent they had. And it's like, why don't they ever use that here? And there's some people too, you know, they've got talent, but they don't want to use it in a little church. 
You know, they'll go use it in the big church, you know, so they can show off their talent. But you know what? That's, that's not a good attitude at all. You know, you ought to use it wherever God places you. And God, God gave you those gifts to profit the church. And, you know, we ought to make sure that whatever, whatever area we have, that our church is benefiting from it. And, you know, uh, and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the different gifts today. Uh, but did you know one of the uh, gifts that are mentioned in the Bible? And, and I'm just going to let this let you all understand this in case anybody feels they're gifted in this area, but maybe that they shouldn't pursue this gift. Some people's gift is giving. You know, there's some people that are really good at making money. And you know what? I don't think it's wrong for you to do that as long as the church profits <laughs> from, from, that, from that gift. Say, why are you throwing that in there? goes along with my sermon tonight. I'm just going to warn everybody. I rarely preach on giving. I'm hitting it tonight. Okay? And if you get offended by that, you know, I'm sorry. You were, I, I was, I'm amazed at how much of our New Testament is about giving. And to ignore it is to ignore a lot of things in the Bible. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there they're not talented speakers. They can't sing. They can't do much of anything. But you know what? They've used that gift, that ability, you know, to be successful financially. And they've helped churches in big way. They've helped uh, finance a lot of things and a lot of great works. And if you're really good at that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you using that. Again, as long as the church profits. If you're a good singer, you know, that's wonderful. Make sure the church profits from that. Use it. Use these gifts for God. And so the Holy Spirit, He doesn't want these things just for our own profit, but the profit of, and again, it's not just about the church. It's not about this building. It's about these people here. They want to be edified by it. I mean, you know, thank God and God bless people who come to church and they sing their heart out for the Lord, but they can't carry a tune in the bucket. You know, you know thank God for those people. Uh, I'm, regular, I'm, I'm blessed when I see that, if I know the trying. But, you know, isn't it nice? To have good singers, isn't it nice? You know when it sounds really good. It, it, it is. It's a blessing, and you know we all profit from that. We all profit from it. That so much more. And I'm I'm glad we don't have to act spiritual when the singing and music's going on in this church. Like, like we're being blessed by it. No, we really enjoy it because <laughs> because it, it's really good, and I'm thankful for that. So look at verse 11. It says, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as his will. It's the Holy Spirit who decides who's going to get what gift. And so when you are in God's church, you are in God's kingdom, and you need to let God use you how he sees fit. And God might want you to follow the lead of a flawed man who might even overlook you in certain areas. You know, and who's not going to give you proper credit for things. You know, you might even get blamed for something sometimes. But you know what? God might use that man's flaws to teach you some valuable lessons in humility. Do you know that's very possible? And I'm not, listen, you know, I, I try to do things right. I try not to uh, do people wrong. But just understand, just because somebody in this church does you wrong, that doesn't give you an excuse to quit. You know what? Just do your thing. Stay in your place. And let me tell you, God will exalt you in due time. God will make sure if he sees you doing your part, God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of that one that's doing something for him, that's getting the job done. I, I can promise you that he always does. And so uh, verse 12, 
says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Behold, I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were a hearing, uh, uh, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. And so, once you, when you get a hold of this too, because you know, you know what ends up happening a lot of times? You'll have the nose of the church. Okay, now, I don't know what the nose of the church is. Okay, but you might have the nose of the church, which might involve more than one person. You know, maybe it represents one ministry in the church. What can happen a lot of times is because they're the nose, that's their function, that's what it does. The church, in their mind, becomes all about the nose. The focus all needs to be on the nose. And, you know, and as a pastor, too, you know, I'm supposed to be an overseer. I'm trying to, I'm supposed to be thinking about the whole body. And you know what? If you're the nose, you know, you shouldn't be screaming for all the attention. That's not right. You know what? You just need to do what the nose does. And, you know, you might think, well, the ears, they're not as important, whatever ministry that is. But understand, the ears, they're doing the ministry they're doing because that's where God's gifted them. That's what they care about. And, the, and, we, and, you know, we need to learn to let other people do their thing while we do our thing. And we don't want to make the entire church about the one thing that we do. And that happens a lot of times. It's real easy for a church to just become ultra-focused on kind of one thing. And that happens. That can happen with stuff like the music program. You know, that can happen even with things like the soul winning. We don't want to be so big on soul winning that we're not even taking care of our own brothers and sisters where we're so focused on the people outside the doors that we're neglecting people who are hurting and who need help and who need fellowship that are inside this church. You know, we've, we've always got to be thinking about everything, but often you do, you have people, they get real focused on themselves and whatever it is that's important to them and they want it all to be about them. But just understand, it's okay that you're zero focused on one area of the ministry because that's where God has gifted you. But understand, you're just one of many parts of the body. And so don't try to be drawn all attention to yourself. Because typically, you know, when a certain part is getting attention, it's because there's a problem. If we've, and if we've got to be focused on you all the time, it's probably because there's a problem. Like I said, I've been complaining a lot about my skin the last couple of weeks. Why? Because I have a problem. Poison ivy, I'm almost better. Just a little, just a little bit is, is all I've got going on. But, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, most of the time I don't think about my skin. You know, I mean, how many guys especially, you know, we're just always thinking about our skin, you know. Always making sure you get the best lotion and all that kind of stuff. You know, hopefully you're not thinking about that stuff that much, guys. I mean, ladies seem like they're more concerned about that stuff. But, you know, I've thought about my skin a lot the last couple of weeks because I had a problem and the truth is, it's actually a good thing when you're not thinking about a body part. You know what that means? It's healthy. 
That means it's doing its job. And when we've got to be all focused on that one part, it's because we have a problem. And listen, if you need attention, by all means, get attention. When there's a, when there's a problem, when something is hurting, we want to get it fixed. When some, if something's bleeding, we want to take care of it. We want to nurse that wound. We want to take care of it. You don't want to just ignore it. You can get yourself in a lot of problems or a lot of trouble physically by just ignoring a problem, by ignoring a pain. Brother Eric, he's, that's another thing he's got on me for. It's like, you know, it's like when you're having these problems, when you're having these pains, it's because something's wrong. You, you need to fix it. You know, I just thought if I ignored it long enough, it's just going to go away. But then what it ends up doing? It ends up creating all these other problems too. You know, before you know it, you know, you're walking like, you know, Igor, a hunchback or something like that, Quasimodo. And it's like, you know, we could have, we could have kept all this from happening if you had just taken care of this problem a long time ago. Ah, you know, I don't want to cause problems. Listen, it's not about trying to cause problems. But again, sometimes we're all going to have needs. There's going to be times where we are. We're going to have to, you know, I, I might have to preach a sermon and, you know, focus on one area in the church because there's something needs fixing. There's something needs working on. That, that's fine. That's normal. We're all human beings. We're all flawed. So there's going to be times where we need attention. If you need attention, get attention. But we should all shoot for not needing attention. And one of the things I've, I've talked about before and I've illustrated is to me, if we were going to say who some of the best presidents were in history, I think we should probably focus on guys or give points to guys that we know very little about. I mean, Millard Fillmore. I don't know anything about that guy. You know what that tells me? That must have been a relatively quiet, peaceful time in our history. You know, and that's what I would shoot for. You know, you know who we're always talking about? Abraham Lincoln. You know how many Americans died during that time? That was a horrible time. You know, we're always talking about presidents, you know, during these, you know, just horrible catastrophes. You know, Donald Trump. Remember COVID? Remember the lockdown? Remember, you know, remember all that stuff? Listen, I, you, did you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. Did you know that I didn't even know what J.B. Pritzker looked like? until he announced the lockdown. I didn't even know what he looked like. Did, did you know uh, the previous governor, Bruce Rauner, if he were to walk into the room right now, I wouldn't recognize him. He was governor for however many years. I don't even know what he looks like. You know what? I've come to realize that's good. I don't want to know who these people are. I'm glad I'm not on a first name basis with all the cops in town. You know, I'm not, I'm not interacting with, with them. And I, you know, I think that I think that's a good thing, and so I think the people that we should pay attention to politically, are like the ones that we should give extra credit to, are the ones that we never hear anything about. You know why? Because they're just doing their job, they're just doing what they're supposed to do, and and so I think that's how we should be as a Christian. We ought to want to be in here. We ought to be serving the Lord. We ought to be doing something. We ought to be getting our job done. But we ought to want to do it with little attention that just means we're getting it done all if i if but if that happens people are going to take me for granted we might but you know what god won't god will see that you're they, they are just always there they are always doing their part most of the church doesn't even realize that the only reason all these other things are functioning the way they are is because of what this person is doing in that area and we won't notice that we're not going to see all these things we don't understand the importance of that but God does. 
And God knows. If, I mean, everybody thinks that they're the glue holding the church together, right? And they, you know, they think when they leave, that's just going to destroy the church, right? But let me tell you, if you are the glue holding the church together and nobody knows it, don't make sure we all figure it out. God already knows it. And God will take care of you when he comes and he sets up his earthly kingdom and you really were the glue holding the church together, he's going to use you in that kingdom in a great way. You will get the recognition you deserve. You will be exalted the way you deserve to be exalted. And you will, you will out, if you do what God has called you to do, no matter how lowly of a task it is, I promise you, you will outshine all of us who had maybe higher up positions, earthly speaking, because you stayed in the will of God, you were right where he needed you to be, and that's what we should all shoot for. And I'm telling you, every member of this church is more important than we realize. Everyone, look at verse 21. It says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care one for another, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So we see here the, the importance of each part of the body. We don't, nobody in here should ever have the attitude. If you are the ears of this church, you shouldn't have the attitude. We don't need the nose. No, we want all the parts. We need all the parts. I understand why you're focused, where you're focused. Stay focused there. That's the gift that the Holy Spirit gave you. That's the ministry that He wants you in. But you know, look out for the other parts too. Because again, when you have just one part that's not working right, it affects the whole body. And if you don't think that, you know, come on back after church, we'll get a hammer, I'll hit your thumb, and it'll mess up your whole day. And it's just your thumb. But you will, your whole body will dance around. You will scream. You know, why is your mouth screaming? It was your thumb that got hit. You know, but yet, I mean, all your senses are going to go crazy when that happens. Why? Because it's all connected. And we don't want schisms. We don't want division. We definitely don't, you definitely don't want to cut your thumb off. And we don't want to be, you know, separating. We don't want to be causing division in the church. We should always be trying to work together. We should want, when, when good things happen to another part of the body, we should be for that. We should, we should be thankful for that and understand that because they are a part of the body, we're all honored. You know, while, while somebody was talking to me about one aspect of our ministry, you know what? It made the whole church look good. Okay? Now you say, well, I'm not in the orchestra. I'm just a soul winner. All right. You know, but understand, here, here's something for you. Uh, I was told the other day that people, uh, or Tommy was telling me this, that somebody mentioned to him that they found our tracks in, I think, DeKalb or somewhere like that, you know, one of the towns close to them that they knocked too. You know what? That makes us look good. 
that shows that we're out soul winning. And you know, and when he told me that, I was like, made me feel pretty good. And so you know what? There's your honor there. You, you made Liberty Baptist Church look good. And you know what? We're all a part of this church. And uh, so you know what? Those in the music program, they should be thankful that the soul winning program was honored. And those who soul won and aren't in the music program, you ought to be glad that uh, you know, there was honor for the music program because at the end of the day, it all reflects on this church. At the end, and we are a team, and I do. I want, I want it all looking good. And I'm, I, I'm thankful for those who make our church look good by doing their part, by being friendly, by you know, looking out for the needs of others and, and, and noticing things. And, and, you know, and, I, and I, I don't want to get up here and just start talking about people because, again, you know, I don't want to neglect people. I don't want to forget people. But, you know, I mean, I mean I've regularly, I, you know, just recently, too, you know, heard about certain needs being met and things taken care of that somebody noticed. And it's just like, you know, I was like, man, that person is really good at noticing the needs of other people. You know, these were things I didn't notice. That, that's good. That makes the church look good because one person is just paying attention to other people's needs and doing something about it. That is a, that is a good thing. You know, I can't have my eyes on everything at the same, there's a lot of stuff I'm going to miss. And it's good if all of you are looking out for each other too. A lot of times too, sometimes there's needs and I don't even know about it. You know, I don't want people in our church going to the hospital and not getting any visits. But you know, sometimes that happens, but nobody tells me. I just, I didn't know. You know, and, and, so, and I'm thankful our hospital here in Sterling that uh, they ask people what church they're from. And if they tell them, they contact me. And that helps me a lot uh, because, you know, sometimes I just don't know. We had somebody in the church years ago who, you know, they would occasionally, they would come, they were kind of seasonal in their attendance. And so it was, it wasn't rare for them to come and then be gone for months. And then, um, and I remember they were coming and all of a sudden they were gone and it was a little earlier in the season than they were normally gone. And I was like, well, I guess it's that time or whatever. So I didn't really think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, they like showed up at church again and were mad at me because I didn't visit them in the hospital. And I said, I didn't know you're in the hospital. And they were like, well, I wasn't here the last several weeks. I said, but you miss for long periods all the time. You know, <laughs> I, said, I said, I thought it was just that time of year where you weren't able to come again. You know, and, and I still felt bad. You know, I, I would have visited had I known but, you know, it, it, that's why it's important to look out for each other. And if, if you see neglect somewhere, you know what? Step in and do something about it. You know, let me know. That, you know, that w- because uh, we don't want people not feeling cared for. If you're, in, if you're in the hospital, if you're dying, we want to know, <laughs> okay? You know, because right, we want to be there for you. We, we want to help. You are a part of this church. And I don't, and I, I remember when we first started the church too, it was like people kind of had this tattoo. I didn't want to put you out. I didn't want you to feel bad. It's like, no, this is, this is what we do as a church. We're supposed to be caring for you during this time. We're supposed to be praying for you. I'm supposed to be visiting you in the hospital. You know, I, so you're not, you're not putting us out. Okay. This is, this is what we're supposed to do. And if we've got somebody in this church and they're dying and suffering and they need help, you know, don't be ashamed to, to let somebody know. 
Because if we're not taking care of you, that looks bad on our church. A lot of times, too, you might have family. Well, nobody in that church cares about it. You know, we had a lady that was coming to our church, and uh, it was during COVID. She would, and she would come uh, occasionally, but she uh, went in the hospital. I had to beg them to let me in the hospital to go visit her. She was calling. She was so lonely. I felt so bad for her. And I remember they finally... I, I talked I talked him into letting me go in there and visit with her. And I, it was just so sad. She was so lonely. She was missing everybody. And, and you know, and so, I, you know, I told her, you know, she wasn't where she could keep in touch. And then, you know, if I would call the hospital, they wouldn't tell me anything because I wasn't family. And her family, unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't tell me anything. And she wasn't that bad when I visited her, but she died. And they didn't even tell me about it. It's like, no, it's like, I didn't even go to her funeral. I just I felt like the crummiest pastor in the world. But it's just like, you know, and let me tell you something too, just as, while I'm thinking about this. You know, it's good to make funeral arrangements and make sure your family knows and your church knows, you know, what you want. Because, you know, what we want to do, I know that sounds morbid, planning for a funeral. But guess what? We're all going to die one of these days. And, you know, we would want to do a funeral the way you would want it done. And just having something on paper saying, I want these songs, you know, I want this pastor. Because sometimes, too, there's a dispute. And one, and one of the reasons I, I think the, church, the family didn't even call me, I don't think they realized she had started coming to this church because she used to go to a different one. But, you know, stay on top of that stuff. You know, these, these are, they're important things. And I can promise you, if I do your funeral, I'll give the gospel to your family. I, I, I can promise you that, and, and, and we want to do that for you. We do. We want to do that for you because you are a part of this church. If, you're, if you come to this church, you know how much we charge you to do, charge you to do your funeral? Zero. You know, if you, if you come to this church and you want to do your wedding here, you know how much we charge you to do that wedding? Zero. You know why? Because you are a part of this church. You're entitled to these things. And you're, you're a blessing in these areas, and we want to be a blessing to your family. We want to be a help to your family. We want to be a witness, and don't ever be afraid needing these things. One of these days, I'm going to be the one that needs it. One of these days, I'm going to need someone preaching my funeral and, and all, all these other things. So don't ever be ashamed of it. You are a part of this church. You are a part of this body, and we care about you, and we don't want people to have this attitude, now, I don't really matter in this church. No, I pro- listen, you do matter. Oh, well, I'm not able to do that. You're a soul. You are one of Christ's sheep. And you know, there's a lot of people too that have been a part of this congregation who are not even, they're, they're not physically able to get out here anymore. Uh, you know, the, and you know, I try to check up on these people. I try to be there for them. You know what? I still want to minister to them because even though they're not able to be here, there are brothers and sisters in Christ. They're one of God's sheep. And I still consider them a part of the body of this church. And you know what? And if, if, if they die, we're still going to do their funeral. We're not going to be like, well, they haven't been at church in the last six months, so we're going to charge them. No, we're not. If they were ever a part of this church, you know, we're, go, we're going to do that because uh, they are. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and they, uh, they've been a blessing over the years, and um, I believe we ought to always treat them that way, even if they're not, profitable for the church and i'm and i'm saying that in the most carnal way possible 
That's a very bad attitude. So look at verse 28. Look at the last three verses here. And God set some in the church. So the same thing he said in Ephesians 4. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps. Some people, they're, they're just good workers. They're good servants. You know, government, some people are very organized and good at just organizing things and making things work better. Diversities of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. Okay, Nobody does everything. Okay, Nobody in here is capable of doing all those things. There's going to be some things that we need to do in this church that are a part of this ministry, there's going to be some things I'm going to get and preach about and say, this is what you ought to do in church. And you're just going to be like, I, I stink at that. Well, that's fine. But you know what? Be supportive to the ones getting it done. And you know what? Do your part. Just do your part. And he goes on to say, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet, I, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And then he goes on in chapter 13 and talking about how the greatest of these is charity. You know what? You can be a loving person. You can be someone who cares about others and, and have a real concern. You're, you can be a real help and encouragement. Folks, there is something for everyone to do in this church. And the littlest things matter more than you realize. And let me tell you, those little things that you do, if that's where God has gifted you, and, if that's, and, and you're using that to your full potential for the glory of God, you will be rewarded just as much as I will when I get up and I preach some big sermon on a big day or something like that that gets all the attention. I'm doing what God has told me to do, but you're doing what God has told you to do. And the, that, that's, the rewards, they're not going to go according to the way I think most of us think they are. I think we're all going to be surprised at who some of the big leaders are in the millennial kingdom. I think we're going to be real surprised. I think we're going to be real surprised at who some of the janitors are and they're cleaning the toilets and, you know, working in the sewers and things like that in the millennium. You know, I, I have no doubt about that. And so when you become a part of a church, in some ways, you know, and I, you know, we, you can go too far with some of these things, but it, you, there is a comparison to marriage, okay? And not that you can never leave okay? and, or anything like that, but here's... Here's where I'm compared to marriage. When you're single, you know, every day is in many ways yours to do with as you see fit. But, you know, when you get married, now everything you do, it affects your spouse too. Now, and, and, and if you're going to be married, you can't just have this attitude. What do I want to do today? You know, what will please me today? No, you need to seek to please your wife. When you start having kids, guess what? Even less of your day is going to be about you, especially for you ladies, you know, and, and you know, so I, I don't like that one. Well, you shouldn't get married. You shouldn't have kids. Okay. If, and, and this is, and what, so when you're in a church, you got to understand this place isn't all about just you. There's a lot of other people in this church. Everybody has wants, everybody has needs, and we all should come to church thinking, how can I be a blessing to everyone else instead of how can everyone be a blessing to me? And that's the same attitude you, you have to have when you get married. You need to be putting your wife before you put yourself. You need to put your kids before you put yourself. Everybody needs to have that attitude. And that's why the Bible says, look not every man on his own thing, 
but every man also on the things of others. We've always got to be thinking about other people. And 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So, Pastor Tommy, how do I clothe myself in humility? How do I put on that outfit? You know how you clothe yourself in humility? By thinking about other people, by putting other people's needs before yours, by submitting to other people, by being submissive enough that whoever's in charge of the soul winning and where we're going to go, where you might want to go to Sterling, they want to go to Rock Falls, you go to Rock Falls. I think Sterling's better. Okay, you, you could be right. But you're not the one in charge of that today. Go to Rock Falls. Put on some humility. You're, you're told to do I want to do this. No, it's not about what you want to do. Okay, lose that attitude. Okay, lose that attitude. Start thinking like a, a married guy with a bunch of kids who has no time for himself. Or think more like a married mom <laughs> who has no time for herself. Start, so, you know, yeah, it's, you know what, what I think a lot of people need today is they need to sit down. And I know we're not supposed to, this is unbiblical, but maybe we're going to do it anyway. Is like we, we, need to, we need to have some men get taught by the ladies <laughs> with kids. How do I think of others instead of myself? And let me tell you, all these ladies, and we are not going to do that because it is unbiblical. But I think you all get the point. Is we need, and, and you know, you can still learn from by watching them. And it's, and, and thank God for the examples we have in that area. So let's be the united body. Understand you are a part of the body of Liberty Baptist Church, and we need you. You matter. You're important. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I pray this message was a help and a blessing to everyone here. I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, help people understand just how important they are uh, and that how much their work that they do matters. And I pray you'll help us to clothe ourselves with humility, help us not to just think about what we want for ourselves, but always be looking out for other people. Help us to be trying to encourage uh, every part of this body and uh, help us to be thankful when any part is honored, and I pray that we'll just do a great work for you until we uh, all become exactly like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>